0: Welcome to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church this morning. We are all worshiping on indigenous land, wherever we are. Here in Seattle, we are on the traditional land of the Duwamish people, the first people of this region. The Duwamish live here, they thrive here, and despite centuries of violence and aggression and erasure, we recognize our identity as settler colonizers here, and we seek to discomfort and unsettle ourselves in our relationship with the land and with Indigenous peoples, and we seek to be in repaired relationship with our Indigenous neighbors. Our uh, opening hymn for this morning is from Voices Together. It's number 39. The recording that we're going to be listening to is the,
1: the folks who made the Voices Together recording. So let's begin our worship in song.
0: to join in this call to worship, uh, joining Megan's voice in the yellow, or if you are two together, one can read with me and one can read with Megan. We come before God as equal in God's sight. God
2: knows us thoroughly and loves us completely.
0: None of us is perfect and without blemish.
2: Yet God has called us children and asked us to be compassionate and responsible in our caring and witness. We are called to joyful discipleship in God's realm. Thanks be to God who trusts us and pours abundant love on us. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Uh, This is the last in a series that we've been doing over the past month or so about God's presence with us through times of transition. And therefore, this is the last in our worship series communicating again and again and again the message of how to be community through this movement back toward each other in person. Uh, This morning, we'll hear a short parable from Jesus about a widow whose persistence and resilience wore down an unjust judge until she was granted justice. In this resurrected church, we will need to be resilient and persistent and attentive to the needs and voices of others advocating for justice. We light our Just Peace candle this week and every week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. This is Pride weekend, weekend when some of us would usually, as our our annual practice, participate in welcoming folks at the end of the Seattle Pride Parade, offering refreshment and uh, cookies and juice and stuff to those folks who have joined in the parade. We're not doing that this weekend, but it is Pride weekend. And as we pray for a just peace, I want to name and acknowledge the black and brown and queer folk, black and brown trans and queer folks, especially, and recall in particular, the courage and prophecy of Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, who were the women, the trans women, whose uh, prophecy and courage and uh, rebellion and resistance uh, originated the first Pride protests that began in protest and riot and resistance. With our prayers and with our actions, I pray that we can continue to uplift Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are queer, with their kindred, that we can continue to uplift and uphold them, uh, especially naming those who organized the Taking Black Pride event uh, this past weekend that they would find, uh, that they would
1: continue their prophetic work in our community.
0: (laughs) And together we pray, we long for a just peace, we pray for a just peace, and we choose to live for a just peace.
1: May the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. In the spirit of pride this week, I wanted to
0: share a book uh, that is about celebrating all the different kinds of gender identities people can have, and this celebrates how good it feels when you live into your true identity of your gender. This is a book called, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. It's by Teresa Thorne, who's the parent of a transgender girl, and uh, illustrated by uh, Noah Ringy, who is is transgender and non-binary words escaping me but this book is going to give us some words the words that we need to talk about gender it feels
1: good to be yourself this is Ruthie here's Ruthie outside the bus Ruthie is a
0: transgender girl that means when she was born everyone thought she was a boy until she grew a little bit older old enough to tell everyone she's actually a girl girl is Ruthie's gender identity This is Ruthie's brother, Xavier. Xavier is a cisgender boy. That means when Xavier was born, everyone thought he was a boy. And as he grew older, it turned out everyone in it was right. He is a boy. Boy is Xavier's gender identity. There are so many different ways to be a boy or a girl. Too many to fit into a book but not everyone feels like either a boy or a girl. Non-binary is a helpful word that can describe a kid who doesn't feel exactly like a boy or a girl. This is Ruthie's friend, Alex. Alex is both a boy and a girl. When Alex was born, every, everyone thought Alex was a girl, but Alex is both boy and girl. This is Alex's gender identity. This is Alex's friend, JJ. JJ is neither a boy nor a girl. Ever since JJ was very little, they never felt exactly like a boy or a girl. They just felt like themselves. This is JJ's gender identity. Alex and JJ are both non-binary. Just like there are many different ways to be a boy or a girl, there are many different ways to be non-binary. Too many to fit into a book. Some kids don't feel exactly like a boy or a girl. They feel like neither. Some kids feel like their gender identity isn't always the same. It is often changing. And even with all of these possible ways to be, some kids don't feel like any of the words they know fit them exactly right. There are a never ending number of ways to be yourself in the world. Whether you feel like a boy,
1: or a girl, or both,
0: or neither, or if you describe yourself in another way, that is your gender identity. Your gender identity might match what people thought when you were born, or it might not. You see, when you were born, people couldn't tell who you were or how you felt. They looked at you and made a guess. Maybe they got it right, maybe they got it wrong. What a baby's body looks like when when they're born can be a clue to what the baby's gender will be, but not always. When people guess wrong, it's okay to let them know. Ruthie was five when she told her parents, I know you think I'm a boy, but really, I'm a girl. Oops, Ruthie was a girl all along. They just didn't know it at first. When people guess it right, it's also okay to let them know. Xavier was three and a half when he told his family, I'm a boy. I like being a boy. You might feel like a boy. You might feel like a girl. You might feel like a boy and a girl or neither. You might feel like your gender changes from day to day or from year to year. You might feel like none of these words describe you perfectly. You might not be sure yet. Maybe you're still figuring it out. Your feelings about your gender are real. Listen to your heart. No matter what your gender identity is, you are okay exactly the way you are, and you are loved.
1: It feels good to be yourself, doesn't it? Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 18, 1 to 8.
0: Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continually and not to be discouraged. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him. Give me justice in this case against my adversary. For a while, he refused, but finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people, but I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will, there will be no end to her coming and embarrassing me. Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says. God provided justice to God's chosen people who cry out day and night. I mean, won't God provide justice to God's chosen people who cry out day and night? Will God be slow to help them? I tell you, God will give them justice quickly. But when the human one comes, will God find faithfulness on earth? For the word of God in scripture,
1: for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
2: I really delight in this parable that we just heard. It's hard to listen to it without chuckling at points along the way when the judge gets all testy, like, ah, this woman is gonna keep bothering me. This parable is interesting, is only in Luke. Many parables appear at least in some kind of form in multiple gospels, but this is one that is only in Luke. And there's another reason that this parable is unique. And that is that it is unusually specific in naming its purpose. It is not unusual for a parable to say the kingdom of God or the reign of God is like. So that's kind of a typical setup for a parable. Many other parables just kind of start uh, perhaps in response to a question like, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells a parable. But not very many parables start the way this one does, which is... Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not to be discouraged. He said, dot, dot, dot. So it's telling us very clearly what Jesus's purpose is in telling this parable. And I really love, you do not need to know New Testament Greek to read the New Testament. I want to make that real, real clear. Um, I don't know it well enough to really Uh, be able to do these things on my own. But I do love every now and then coming across something from someone who does know New Testament Greek. And in this case, that literally means toward the necessity. So Jesus told them a parable toward the necessity of them praying continuously and not being discouraged. We have at the start, the first character we encounter in Jesus's parable is the unjust judge. This is often referred to as the parable of the unjust judge. And, uh, you know, it says right out of the gates that he does not fear God and does not respect people. The second character we encounter is the widow. The widow who keeps coming to the judge who does not fear God nor respect people, who keeps coming and crying, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice over and over and over again. So at least in this parable, there is no um, fostering of mystery. There's no building of suspense. We know immediately what is happening. We have a judge who is unjust, who does not fear God, does not respect people. And we have a widow who repeats over and over, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. So things proceed like this for a while. For a while, the judge refuses to grant the justice that the widow persistently asks for again and again. And then finally, the judge relents. And the judge relents, self-aware that he is a person who does not fear God and does not respect people. In fact, in the parable, he says those words aloud, though I am a person who does not fear God and does not respect people. Uh, So Jesus is not being subtle here. Again, there's no buildup of suspense here. There's no mystery. Luke, in reporting this parable, is not being subtle. We all know what's happening. The judge even knows. I am an unjust person who does not fear God and does not respect people. Yet, I will relent to this woman who keeps crying for justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming. Sort of like a toddler. <laughs> will keep coming, keep coming, and eventually, Even aunties will relent. (laughs) Here's another place where I really love um, someone who knows the Greek, the New Testament Greek here, because apparently what the judge says in this parable literally in Greek translates like this. I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming and she will give me a black eye. That's what the Greek says literally. It gets translated as embarrassing me or sullying my reputation or some kind of metaphorical way of understanding, giving me a black eye. But I also really kind of delight in this little bit of playful Greek here. There's uh, it's almost a bit of comedy, like the judge imagining that this woman might actually sock him one of these days if he doesn't soon relent and give her justice. So let's go back to that unusually explicit purpose because we've now kind of come through the whole parable. That's that's the whole of the drama of the narrative arc. That's what happens. So what was the purpose again? Jesus told this parable toward the necessity of persistence in prayer and not being discouraged. So Jesus is clearly inviting his hearers to identify with the widow who cries for justice over and over and over and over and over over again. As we at Seattle Mennonite Church emerge to resurrected life as a church community together, There will be some things in our space and some things about the way in which we gather or do things. There will be some things that will be different. There will be some things that may feel hard, some things that might be uncomfortable, some things that might be frustrating, um, might seem unnecessarily cumbersome, annoying, and yes, repetitive. Pete and repeat got into a boat. Pete fell off. Who was left? Repeat. Thank you, Amy for reminding me of that great childhood joke in your sermon last week. Uh, Jonathan, who you tried to rope into doing it, but uh, could tell tell what he was getting roped into and wasn't having it. (laughs) Amy mentioned last week that we've essentially preached the same sermon over and over again between her and I over these weeks. And there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of repetitiveness. There's a lot that we will be repeating over and over as we gather in our building space together, as we learn new ways of doing things together, as we adhere to state guidelines, as long as they're in place, and then we adjust to state guidelines as they adjust. There's gonna be a lot of repetitiveness, difference, hardness, discomfort perhaps, but we are a resilient people. We can do hard things. And we can do hard things more and more easily with more and more practice, or at least I find that we can keep practicing, keep practicing, nevertheless, persist, resist the temptation to be discouraged. And as much as possible to embrace this upcoming season of return and resurrection and coming together together to embrace it for what it is, resurrection to a new way of being church together into new life, which will have many familiar components and perhaps some unfamiliar components. It might be a little mix, but to embrace it as that resurrected life that it is, not a resuscitation, a simple resuscitation of what was before, but something that is new, this new world that we are tentatively and together co-creating. And through it all, we can keep returning to prayer. Jesus told this parable toward the necessity that his hearers would persist in prayer and not be discouraged. So, indeed, may we find some refuge and sanctuary in our prayers together, which have been so rich in this era of Zoom church worship and in our prayers on our own in the quiet time that we may honor in the morning or in the night or sometime in the middle of the day. May we come back to prayer. May we persist in prayer through all that may be different or hard or uncomfortable or new. And may we find that God's spirit will empower and sustain us and help us to grow in resilience, may it be so. And on another Sunday, I would probably dive into this one a little more deeply, but I want to not close without at least saying, and may we pay special attention to the voices around us who persistently call and cry for justice. Give me justice, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. justice. Because those are the people that Jesus invites his hearers to identify with, to notice, to be in community with. May we find that God's spirit empowers and sustains us in our discomfort and newness and in our attempt to stay attentive to those crying for justice. Amen, and may it be so.
3: welcome this opportunity to take refuge in our prayers, inviting one another to know what our longings are, what our gratitudes are. You're invited to to place those in the chat for inclusion, and so that we can also go into our week holding each other, uh, holding space, holding each other in the light. Let's pray. God of vast and diverse creation, you reveal yourself to us in every color of the rainbow. From your covenant with Noah to the rainbow around your throne and revelations, you have spoken to us across all spectrums in all colors, and we are grateful that we can see you in so many places. In the beginning, you made the heavens and the earth and everything between you made animals and humans of many sexual and gender designations and you blessed us with hearts that love and souls that yearn for connection with one another. Since the beginning O oh God, you have shown yourself to us in love. Forgive us God for trying to put your love in a box. In the beginning, you came to show us the path to a better world. In the person of Jesus Christ, you came to us and did not discriminate. You came for the hungry, the thirsty, the wasting in prison, those beaten and left to die on the side of a road or tied to a fence. You came for the sick, those living and dying with AIDS. You came for the lynched, the assaulted, and the sex-shamed. You came for all whose allies betrayed them with a kiss. Jesus, give us the strength to follow your example. Help us to leave our safe places in pursuit of justice and a more colorful world. Give us the compassion to help and hold others regardless of their names and faces, gender identity, sexuality, or social class. Give us your passion and do not let us stand aside when our friends and family misspeak by omission or from hardened hearts. God, you call us to remember the woman who gave authorities a hard time, crying out day and night until there was a change of mind, her sheer commitment. Give me justice. And we celebrate all those women and men who persist in the cause of right, who will not keep quiet, who insist on raising the issues again and again, who campaign for justice, who show up People around the world who pick up their pens, speak to leadership, or take to the streets. We celebrate them, the prophets and the allies, steadfast, down to earth, blessed with both stubbornness and courage to change the world. And we are grateful. Turning now to the prayers of our community for our longings and our gratitudes. Gratitude with Mark for his third negative blood test for circulating tumor DNA, thanks to all who have been persistent in prayer. With Isaac remembering those of us living without air conditioning this weekend as we experience triple digit temps, especially thinking of people living unhoused. Yes, today we have extended hours again at the community center for those living outside. Thank you for your prayers. Please continue to add more for sharing with the community if you have time. Today on Pride Sunday, we remember all of our LGBTQ siblings. We pray for all people who are lesbian and gay. We pray for those who are bisexual or pansexual. We pray for those who are asexual. And we pray for those whose sexuality cannot be so crudely defined. We pray for all of our transgender siblings be they binary or non-binary we pray for intersex folks we pray for those in social transition and for those who do not need to transition we pray for the two spirit in indigenous communities and acknowledged our role in their subjugation in the family of humanity and we pray for reconciliation and we pray for truth We pray for the queer, the questioning, the quiet, and the quelled, for all those who have ever been on the outside looking in. Be with them. Comfort them and draw them near to you. Be with us all as we seek to embody your church of welcome, of hospitality, inclusion, and justice. And may we always remember you in rainbows. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: In a spirit of prayer, we bless also all of the gifts and offerings that all of you make to this congregation, to this community. We're grateful for the means to collect those offerings digitally, knowing that those gifts, the gifts that you make to our church, support all of the ministries of our congregation and that are led by all of you. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is Uh, recording, again, from the Voices Together recording, it is the very last hymn in our hymnal. We, your people, sing your praises.
1: We,
4: your people, sing your praises, as together we À travers les lamentations, vient la nouvelle création. people sing your praises, as together we are sent, to reveal your new creation in the shadows of lament. Give us courage for the journey. Shepherd Jesus, be our Lead with hope and passion till all things are
1: reconciled.
0: Receive this benediction. Our Creator, out of their great love, has formed you. Jesus Christ, in His great love, has redeemed you. The Holy Spirit from her great love has inspired you and uplifted you to go out in just peace and serve us throughout God's creation. Go in peace. Amen.